This book is about sex and about the mysterious thing known as gender. It is about how, in the first quarter of the 21st century, quite unexpectedly, a philosophical theory about something called gender identity gripped public consciousness, strongly influencing UK and international institutions and causing protests and even violence. In 2004, the UK government introduced a new law called the Gender Recognition Act. This allowed trans people to get a gender recognition certificate, giving them what the official legal wording called an acquired agenda in line with their preferences. In 2004, it was estimated there were about 2,000 to 5,000 trans people in the UK. Back then, the popular image of a trans person was mainly of a medically transitioned adult trans woman or male to female transsexual, an adult person of the male sex who had taken hormones over a long period of time to change many aspects of appearance and who had also had sex reassignment surgery to refashion natal genitalia. The Gender Recognition Act was brought in so that, among other things, transsexuals could get their birth certificates reissued to record their preferred sex instead of their natal one. In this way, they could protect themselves from accusations of fraud and avoid being forced to disclose their sex in contexts where it might feel embarrassing or humiliating to do so. To get a gender recognition certificate, applicants did not have to have undergone surgery or hormone treatment, but had to demonstrate they were serious about transition, having lived in their preferred gender for two years. They would also need official diagnosis of a profound and debilitating sense of unease about their sexed body, a psychological condition known as gender dysphoria. Six years later, in 2010, gender reassignment was officially made a protected characteristic under the Equality Act. This made it illegal to discriminate against someone because of gender reassignment. To count as eligible for protection, a gender recognition certificate was not officially required. Instead, a person was protected under the terms of the Act if they were proposing to undergo, were undergoing or had undergone a process or part of a process for the purpose of reassigning the person's sex by changing physiological or other attributes of sex. In the explanatory notes, this rather opaque definition was further described as a situation where a person has proposed, started or completed a process to change his or her sex. As I write this in 2020, 16 years after the introduction of the Gender Recognition Act and 10 years after the Equality Act, the situation on the ground has changed in several big respects. Most obviously, the number of trans people in the UK has rocketed. According to the LGBT charity Stonewall, their best estimate is about 600,000. In 2018, the government put the figure slightly lower and more cautiously at 200,000 to 500,000, noting that only around 5,000 of those have received a gender recognition certificate since 2004. Along with this increase, there has been a radical change to the public image of a trans person. For one thing, though we still don't know the actual proportions, the trans population now contains significant numbers of people of the female sex identifying as trans men or as non-binary, that is, as neither male nor female or as both. For another, the trans population is no longer exclusively adult. Both of these changes are reflected in the fact that the female sex has overtaken the male sex as the largest group of patients in gender clinics for children. In 2010, 40 male and 32 female children were referred to the National NHS Gender Identity Development Service for Children, GIDS. By 2019, that had risen to 624 males 
and 1,740 females. In 2018-19, the youngest patient seen by GIDS was three. In 2011, doctors at GIDS started to administer drugs called puberty blockers to some patients at their clinic in order to delay puberty and the physical changes it normally brings. Though clinicians are licensed to prescribe these drugs for other conditions, they have not been licensed for use for children and adolescents with gender dysphoria. According to the Health Research Authority, particularly in paediatric medicine, it is common to use unlicensed medicine based on learning from clinical practice. Evidence shows that many young patients who receive puberty blockers later proceed to cross-sex hormones when they reach the age of majority, and sometimes to surgery too. But these days, not everyone in the trans community medically transitions, another way in which the 2004 stereotype of a trans person is now outdated.